Well, it's always a great blessing for us to preach the gospel on the streets of, it could be London, it could be Bristol, it could be Cardiff, it could be Manchester, it could be anywhere at any time, because time is of the essence. John chapter 8, a great verse by the Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 8, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Many people think they are free, many people are convinced that they are free, and yet many people are on the road to ruin. Many people are in bondage to, it could be gambling, it could be vice, it could be religion. And I should know I was involved with religion for many years, went to church on a regular basis, was an altar boy, went to Catholic schools, and yet the truth quite simply is this, I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I was religious, I was enjoying myself, and yet had I died, the Bible speaks about a place called hell a place called heaven. I think a lot of people have a false notion, in fact I know that a lot of people have a false notion that they think they are good enough to make it to heaven. Somebody once said that uh, everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die. A lot of truth in that. If ye continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth is a person, not a concept. It's not a philosophy. Truth is a person. And that's one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ was attacked time after time. Everything he said was said with such certainty, such clarity, such assurance. And a good number of people didn't like that. A good number of people today in Charing Cross don't like the idea of something being set in stone, something which you can't really question, and yet you good people, you're following rules. I would suggest a good number of you people have flown into the UK, you've got on a plane somewhere, you've gone through immigration, you've had your bags checked, your passports checked, some of you people have had to apply for a visa, you had to go through a ritual of some kind. You had to follow the rules to some extent. You didn't just arrive. And yet why is it that people in London, people in uh, Sheffield, people in Bristol, people in Cardiff are quite happy, quite content to follow rules set down by the civil authorities. And yet when it comes to the scripture, when it comes to Christ, they don't seem to want to play ball. They don't want to do as they are told. If you continue in my word, if you continue to walk with me, if you continue to believe what I would say to you, being the apostles, and what would later be written down, being the rest of the New Testament, then are ye my disciples indeed. A disciple simply means a follower. And yet how many people here in London today are followers? of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure there are many religious people. I'm not particularly interested in religion. I could say a lot against religion, I don't want to. I'm more interested in preaching about a relationship. 
were far more interested in getting down to the nitty-gritty, getting down to the basic elements of what biblical Christianity is. It's sometimes very easy to preach against something or someone, but you try and preach about the truth. You try and preach about Jesus. You try and preach about the scripture. Not very easy. Not particularly simple. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. I wonder how many people here in Charing Cross today have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure a good number of you people are Christian, with a small c, go to church, maybe once a week, maybe once a month. We've got Christmas coming up. I know a good number of Brits go to church around Christmas time, around Easter time. The rest of the year, you don't see them. You never hear from them. But around Christmas time, they start to go to their churches. But I wonder how many of those people actually believe in Jesus. I wonder how many of those people are actually walking with Jesus. I wonder how many of those people are actually reading their Bibles, trying to understand the deeper things of Scripture. There's far more in the Bible than just John 3.16. Yes, God has a love for the world, and that love, of course, is found in a person. Going back to truth, being in a person. Truth being a person. I mean, you talk about assurance. You talk about an unequivocal statement. You speak about somebody making a statement, suggesting something, affirming something which is so, and having no doubt whatsoever. It's like the first book of the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. No doubt about it. No, well, we think that's what happened, or it could have happened, or in theory that might have happened. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Absolute assurance. And that's what made Britain so great. You had missionaries going all over the world, preaching about a message, preaching about a person. Going back to my point, that Jesus is the truth. And whatever he said, stands. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin. The last taboo has got to be death. If you spend any time reading the newspapers, watching television, speaking to anyone anywhere, there aren't really any more taboos. The last taboo has got to be death. We don't see death anymore. If I were to drop dead right here in uh, Charing Cross, somebody would dial 999, an ambulance would come, I'd be taken to the hospital, pronounced dead. I would uh, be put in a side room. My family may or may not see me, somebody may have to identify me but once that's done I'm taken to the uh, mortuary I'm put into uh, a coffin sealed and I'm held up until the day of my death family and friends arrive I'm sealed in a coffin words will be said over me my coffin will be lowered into the ground and that's it out of sight out of mind we don't see death anymore. It's the last taboo. People don't want to talk about death. They don't want to talk about dying. And yet we're all going to die. We're all going to die. But my verse says this, Whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin. The word sin in scripture, from the standpoint of the Lord, believe it or not, is unbelief. The word sin in the scripture concerning a believer in the one true God is idolatry. 
but to someone who isn't saved, to anyone anywhere who isn't saved, their sin of unbelief is a serious sin. You have creation all around you. As I look around London, this amazing city, buildings all around me, very impressive going back to the days of uh, empire. I know pretty well, pretty clearly, without any doubt in my mind, that a great architect or two built some of these very impressive buildings. I know there are some people that take a look at such a building and perhaps think that the uh, fairy tales or the tooth fairies, the uh, little uh, green men, the Smurfs perhaps built such buildings, but the truth is somebody with a great level of intelligence was able to build some of these buildings. They are very impressive, very, very impressive. We also have the problem of people being deluded, self-deceived. Going back to my earlier statements, people are on the road to ruin. And the problem is they don't realise it. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. The son's relationship to the father was impeccable, flawless. My relationship to the father, your relationship to the father, if you're not saved, is non-existent. Almighty God doesn't know you until you are born again. He knows of you, of course he does. He's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent. But I mean personally. He doesn't know you personally until you are born again. Your wife doesn't know you personally until you two come together. Your husband doesn't know you personally until you come together. You may know of him, he may know of her, but I mean fellowship, I mean close proximity. You're not known amongst each other until a level of intimacy has occurred. And the Bible speaks about such being the new birth. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. That's wonderful news. <clears throat> I wish somebody had told me about being set free many years ago. Like I say, I went to Catholic schools, went to the Catholic system, did my best, hoped and thought that my best would be good enough. And one day, I read the scripture for the first time, and it said, in essence, my works were filthiness, my best works were no good, that only God is good, and that what I really needed was forgiveness. I needed mercy. People speak a good, uh, a good number of times about judgment and justice, and yet, do they really think what they're saying? If we all got judgment, if we all got justice, we'd be in so much trouble. We need mercy. We need forgiveness. We need somebody who can relate to us. Somebody who knows what it's like to be a man, to be a human, to know what it's like to be in this world. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. So here we have a picture of a well-known person from antiquity called Abraham, a very upright man. And I would be of the opinion that the Lord was speaking to people who were religious, hoped that their religion would be okay, would be acceptable. And on the outside it probably was. They're probably impeccable. They're probably upright. Nothing wrong with that. But the hearts weren't right. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible says all of our righteousnesses 
is as filthy rags. The Bible says every man at his best state is altogether vanity. It's almost impossible to explain to people how good God is while at the same time how bad man is and yet somehow some way Almighty God has made it possible to be reconciled to wicked people such as myself such as all of us I speak that which I've seen with my father and you do that which you have seen with your father you've got two fathers in scripture you've got God the father and you've got Satan the devil and the truth of the matter is this that most people are a part of the wrong family most people are following the devil according to my text and here you've got a Jewish man, the Messiah, speaking to his own people. He had a great love for them, and yet he knew they had a problem. Their hearts were no good. They were in love with religion, not the Father. And he would preach to them on and off for three and a half years. They wouldn't receive him. I mean, sure, some did, but most wouldn't. He said, why would that be the case? Because they were following their father, the devil. It's a terrible thing, isn't it? To go to sleep, wake up in hell, and realize that you're not saved but it doesn't have to be that way almighty god has done a great work almighty god has made it possible for anyone anywhere at any time to be forgiven to be reconciled to him to enjoy intimacy there's our word again with him intimacy fellowship but that can't happen it won't happen until mankind repents on a one-by-one -one basis on and in on a uh, individual basis and once a person repents once a person receives the Lord Jesus Christ they are forgiven they are saved and they receive mercy that's what we need we need mercy let's say you are a criminal let's say you've been put before a court and the judge has said you've broken every law in the book I'm going to give you life without parole pretty heavy stuff I know and you hire some uh, barristers to represent you to try and help you and those barristers take all of your money and after three or four years of going back and forth from the High Court the Supreme Court they can't help you out you've been found guilty there's no way out for you there's just no way of any kind of a pardon and then at some stage someone steps forward and said, I'll pay you fine for you. Someone said, I love you so much that I'm going to deal with your crimes against the state. I'm going to cover the fine for you. You talk about gratitude. You talk about a relief. And you've got one of two options. You can receive the pardon. You can receive what that person has done for you, and I hope you do. But if you don't, if you turn it down, you suffer the consequences. I mean, either way, you're going to pay for your sins. Either way, you're going to pay for your crimes, either here or the next life. Jesus Christ is pictured in the scripture as a barrister, as a lawyer, as a friend of sinners. He doesn't want you to perish. The Bible says that hell wasn't made for mankind. Why would you go there? The Bible says that hell was made for the devil and his angels. When the devil fell, he took a third of the angels with him. I mean, that's really what treason is. 
And because it was so serious, they cannot be redeemed. There's no hope for them. So why would you want to go there? Why would you want to spend all of eternity there? And people say, well, I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in heaven. Well, ask yourself this, if that is the case, why do people say, uh, spend so much time Just speaking about heaven, speaking about hell? You say, heaven's sake. You say, where the hell have you been? Or you say, OMG. People are very complex. People are quoting the Bible. People are using biblical terms. People are speaking about biblical places like every day of the week and they don't even realize it. And they are doing so because they have a built-in conscience. Then answered, I said unto him, or they answered, and said unto him, Abraham is our father. We have religion, we go to church, we're good people, we don't hurt anyone. That's always a popular expression that you hear a lot of. It's simply humanism in a nutshell. It's the statement that I don't need God. It's a statement that I'm okay as I am. And I don't want God telling me what to do. And yet you are made in the image of God. You may not want to believe it, but you are. And one day you will die and you certainly will. We all will. And then the books are opened. Every word, thought and deed will be brought to light. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. He's saying this, that if they truly were the people of the Lord, they would follow what he was saying, believe on him, because Abraham spoke about him. Abraham and uh, Isaac are what we call uh, biblical pictures, a biblical uh, type, uh, a vision of some kind, a prophecy. and without going into too much detail now, what took place back in the Old Testament is a picture of what would take place in the New Testament. And had the Jews really been in a relationship with God the Father, they would have seen the Messiah, being God the Son of course, received him and been reconciled to him. But unfortunately, they weren't in a relationship with him, had no real interest in him, and therefore became enemies. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one God, to me, we have one father, even God. We have one father, even God. A lot of religions believe that they're worshipping the same God, well, maybe they're worshipping Satan. It's not the God of the Bible. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. He's saying this, I didn't send myself. It wasn't my choice to do this. I was sent by the Father, of course, he wanted to come, nobody forced him to come. It was a great honor for him to come. And once he came, he had a great message for people. Some would receive it, some would reject it. That's like life, isn't it? Some people uh, will uh, receive this message, others will reject it. Some people will look out for a bargain, others will not. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. You have free will. 
you can believe this, you cannot believe it, you can receive it, you can reject it, you can take a pardon if you are a criminal in a court or turn it down, it's up to you. I would hope, if you had any sense, you would take the pardon. I would hope, if you had an ounce of sense, you would grab it with both hands. And because I tell the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? What a statement. Which of you can convince Jesus Christ of sin? Think about that over a cup of coffee sometime. Think about it for a good five or six minutes. Think about the sort of sins that you like to do, the secret sins that you like to indulge in. And ask yourself this, do you think Jesus would do that? Do you think Jesus Christ would enjoy those particular sins? Do you think he's just as wicked as you are? Could you really imagine him doing a quarter of what you do? Of course you can't. I know that a good number of atheists have made statements over the years that they know that Jesus Christ is very difficult to criticize, to critique. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. That's devastating. It's devastating to be religious. It's devastating to be going about your own business, having some kind of a belief, some uh, kind of a concept, some kind of a hope that perhaps all is well between you and the one true God, only to later discover that it was all in your mind. It was a fragment, a fragment. It was a part of your imagination. You were deceived, you were deluded. That's what the Bible says, to examine yourselves, to make sure that you are in the faith. You were told to prove all things, you were told to test all things. You were told that all scripture is inspired of God, and for the man of God who has the scripture, if he uses it, he's able to do all things. But above all, he that hath a son hath life, and he that hath a son of God has everlasting life, and he that hath not the Son is lost, is out of fellowship with the Lord, and abides in perpetual darkness. It's a terrible statement. Perpetual darkness, no possible way of being reconciled. And I hope and pray, as we get ready to wrap up shortly, that you people repent, get saved, receive what the Lord Jesus Christ has given everyone all over the world. Take him by the hand, receive him, believe on him. And the Bible says you have passed from death unto life. Amen and amen. For me, reading the Gospel of John is a great blessing. The Bible offers a lot of hope. And the Bible speaks the truth. The Bible means what it says and says what it means. And yet, if you speak to a good number of people, they become very agnostic very quickly. And yet, from our perspective, it's as clear as crystal. Still reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham ever existed, I am. That term, I am, means very little to a lot of people, understand? But the term I am is one of the eternal names of the one true God. To say I am 
in the present tense means I have no beginning, I have no end. You could say I have been, you could say I will be, but to say I am is a great verse affirming the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see it's like this, if you sin against God, and of course you will do, only God himself can forgive you. If Jesus Christ wasn't God, he couldn't help you. If he wasn't divine, he couldn't help you. If he was just like you and I, he's no help to us. I mean, sure, he could tell you how to be a better person. He could tell you how to be better to your parents. He could tell you how to be a better employee. Okay, fine. But he couldn't guarantee you total forgiveness of sins. He couldn't guarantee you everlasting life. Then took the up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out to the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. You would have thought, surely, after hearing such a great message, after seeing many, many miracles, after seeing the Messiah walk on the water, give sight to the blind, give hearing to the deaf, that they would have received it. They would have grabbed it with both hands. Far from it. See, people don't want the Lord. People don't want salvation. People don't appreciate street preaching. People don't appreciate the Bible. But from our, uh, for, for our perspective, it's wonderful news. As far as we are concerned, it's music to our ears. I mean, people need hope. People want joy. People want answers to difficult questions. And if somebody has answers, if somebody can help you, why not share it with people? Don't give back to yourself. Almighty God has done a great service for me. He wants to do a great service for you people of Charing Cross. I can't keep this to myself. I wouldn't want to keep this to myself. It's a free message. It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't cost you anything. And yet for some people, they don't want it. It goes right over their heads. And that's tragic. It's not unexpected, but it is tragic. One more time. Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. What a statement to make. Could you say that? Could your guru, could your God, could your prophet say that? Could Mary say that? The so-called Queen of Heaven? Could Muhammad say that? Could anyone say that? I couldn't say it. I could say, I have been. I could say that one day I will be. But I couldn't say, before Abraham was, I am. I'm not aware of any deity from any background being God a man, ever saying such a statement. Before Abraham was, I am. No beginning, no end. And you say, what was he trying to get across? He was trying to get across his deity. He was trying to get across the absolute truth that Jesus Christ is Almighty God. Man and God. You can't really understand that. Even if you are born again, even if you are saved, even if you are in a relationship with the Lord, you don't really understand that. You can't really grasp that. How many people really understand gravity? Or elect electricity? Or geometry? I mean, really understand it. Or the second law of thermodynamics? Or the first law of thermodynamics? I mean, who really understands these things? I mean simply, truly, I mean completely, thoroughly. And therefore you can't really understand 
Jesus being God a man. Verily, verily, listen to me, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And therefore, they had, they had uh, one of two options. They could receive it, they could believe it, or they could reject it. They could pass it up. And I hope very much, when we leave Charing Cross, very shortly, that our presence hasn't been in vain. I know one thing, that the Lord is always glorified when his word is preached, when people take the time to speak about him, to try and reach out to people, to try and uh, speak to people, try and connect with people. This is good news, this is the best news that I've ever heard. I don't know of many religions, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know of many religions anywhere on the face of the earth that guarantee anyone anywhere, I mean right now, total forgiveness of sins, intimate fellowship with the one true everlasting God and the perfect peace, which passes all understanding. I can't think of anything or anyone that comes anywhere near that. And yet my text, one last time, tells me, then took they up stones to cast at him. Today people throw stones at the Lord in a spiritual way. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. The worst thing that Almighty God can ever do to anyone is to hide from such a person, just to leave a person to do their own thing. That's the worst thing that anyone can ever really experience. I went out of the temple at the time, the Jewish temple was uh, one of the uh, seven wonders of the world and therefore for the Jewish Messiah to leave such a place you knew that something mon uh, monumental, something uh, monumental was about to occur. Going through the midst of them and so passed by. The Bible speaks about salvation being a gift, being precious, being sacred. And I hope and pray that you people here in Charing Cross, if you're not saved, would get saved. And those of you which are perhaps saved would raise up your voices, pass out some tracts, preach the gospel, glorify Almighty God. And we pray that his word will be blessed abundantly in Jesus Christ's holy and everlasting name. Amen and Amen.